May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Christ, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So we know that many Christians today celebrate Pentecost Sunday as the birthday of the church. Since the Holy Spirit was experienced in an extraordinary way that enlivened the early church to do her ministry after Jesus had ascended into heaven. Could be that, or it could also be because the tongues of flame look like birthday cake candles, right? <laughs> Inspired by the mutual understanding and vision experienced on the 50th day after Easter or the 8th Sunday after Easter, Pentecost was a turning point for the disciples of Jesus and a new birth for the community and their mission. There's this wonderful church in the hills of San Francisco that asked the neighborhood grocery store uh, to make a cake and a sign for their annual celebration of Pentecost Sunday. But instead of the inscription on the cake and the words on the sign reading, Happy Birthday Church, it read, much to the horror of the person picking it up five minutes before the service, Happy Birthday Chuck. <laughs> but ever since that mistake, the church puts out that funny sign and deliberately asks for the wrong inscription on the cake. A vital sign of the Spirit at work transforming even our mistakes into beloved traditions and others' errors with good humor. The church, and I suspect several Chucks out there, has to develop and maintain a great sense of humor to persevere in our beautiful and difficult mission. So they say that there are seven gifts and nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, give or take one or two, depending on which translation of the Bible that you are reading. But the first reference of the gifts of the Spirit comes all the way back from the, from the prophet Isaiah. And they include wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. So when you experience these gifts in your life or through others, you know that the Spirit is present. Then in the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians, we find these fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The last being very hard for me these days as Bluebell ice cream has come out with a Dr. Pepper soda float flavor. No self-control around Bluebell ice cream. 
Anyway, those two lists of the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit cover a large part of the vital importance and the work of the third person of the Trinity, of whom we confess in the ancient creed that we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. In her book, Reimagining Spirit, Wind, Breath, and Vibration, theologian Grace G. Sun Kim writes that the spirit is present in our world in various forms and experienced in light, wind, breath, and vibration. The Holy Spirit has always been a mover and a shaker of ideas and actions, she writes. And the work of the Holy Spirit stirs us to work toward new kinships with God that are sustainable, just, and whole. And I, I agree with her. The Holy Spirit is alive and at work in our lives today, just as surely as it was in ancient times. When our comprehension expands in listening to each other, when our hearts are transformed with understanding, when our engagement with each other reveals new meanings in our lives, when we understand that God is God, the Spirit is present and doing her work within us. How beautiful is that? So I'm asking these next questions not as a, as a, as a challenge necessarily, but as a way to help you identify when the Spirit has been at work in your lives. So when was the last time your love of God opened you to listen, really listen, to find the truth or reasoning in another's perspective? Expanding your comprehension, i.e. your wisdom and understanding, i.e. activating a true gift of the Spirit. When was the last time your heart was transformed by some new understanding that activated a new love, joy, faithfulness, and gentleness? That is activating the true gifts of the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit. When was the last time your engagement with another person led to greater fortitude, piety, peace and patience, a combination of the gifts and fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit rambles through our lives, igniting moments of revelation and grace and mercy that fortify us for a life larger than what we could have achieved all by ourselves. Again, the theologian Grace G. Sun 
In the Old Testament, she writes, we use the term ruah or breath for spirit. Then in the New Testament, we use the Greek term pneuma or wind. And then when Christianity was strong and popular in Germany and in Europe, theologians used the term geist. We use these different terms, but they're all similar. She writes, I'm Korean American, and in my own Korean tradition, and in the East Asian tradition, we have the term chi that has been a way of us understanding the spirit. The spirit is this life-giving aspect. It gives us strength. It's everything that the Old Testament and the New Testament is talking about, but we have different terms. My theological endeavor is, she invites, and she invites us to join her in this, to look for the commonality rather than all these differences and being afraid of all these other people or those who have different religions. The spirit, I believe she is saying, invites us into communion and dialogue and um, relationship with each other. This being Memorial Day weekend, there's a story that I was reminded of, mostly because I am privileged enough to have a first uh, class edition of the stamp commemorating the four chaplains that were um, uh, World War II chaplains who died rescuing civilian and military personnel as the American troop ship, the SS Dorchester, sank on February 3rd, 1943. George L. Fox, a Methodist minister, Alexander D. Good, a Jewish rabbi, Clark Polin, a Dutch reform minister, and John P. Washington, a Roman Catholic priest, had to make a decision when the ship was torpedoed and the chaplains decided, moved by the spirit, I not only suspect but deeply believed, to help the other soldiers board lifeboard, lifeboats. And they gave up their own life jackets when the supply ran out. These chaplains joined arms, said prayers, and sang hymns as they went down with the ship. The sacrifice they were called to make was across different concepts of what the Holy Spirit was, across different backgrounds, across different fears that they had to overcome, across different um, fountains of courage that they had to tap into. But they saw and felt and prayed into action the work that the Holy Spirit had called them to do. 
Now that is, of course, an extreme example. But I have seen the Spirit at work among you all here, and it inspires me endlessly. I see the struggle and I see the service. I see the sense of community that you build, although many of you have little in common with each other, but the search for encounter and relationship with God. The triune God who you are trying to understand and be courageous for each day draws you together through the Holy Spirit that breathes and rambles through this community. That rambling spirit sometimes stops us in our tracks with the recognition of God's grace and favor. That rambling spirit sometimes surprises us with insights and truths that change our lives forever. The spirit sometimes meets us in our solitude and sits there with us until we are strong enough to re-engage the road that we are called to walk on. This Pentecost Sunday, may the Spirit bring a rebirthing in all of our lives, in all of our faiths, and all of the gifts and fruits that we will bear as we walk faithfully, haltingly, but step by step in the path to which God calls us. John Philip Newell wrote this prayer for peace in a prayer book for peace with which I will end. In lives where love has been born this day, Thanks be to you, O God. In families where forgiveness has been strong, thanks be to you. In nations where wrongs have been addressed, where tenderness has been cherished, and where visions for Earth's oneness have been served, thanks be to you. May those who are weary find rest, May those who carry great burdens for their people find strength. May the midwives of new beginnings in our world find hope. And may the least among us find greatness, strength in our souls, worth in our words, and love in our living. Amen.